The presenting sponsor of EcoCheck with the IDM is RPG Research. RPG Research is a volunteer-run, nonprofit 501c3 research and human services charitable organization providing a public research repository and studies the effects of all role-playing game formats, accessibility, and inclusiveness considerations for role-playing gamers, and the potential for RPGs to help various populations achieve their educational, recreational, or therapeutic goals. The founder of RPG Research is Hawk Robinson, and he has been wonderfully supportive of my creative efforts over the years, and previously appeared as a guest on EgoCheck on, back in January 2017 on Episode 7. So go back in time and check out our conversation about all the great work he's doing. Donations to RPG Research directly support research and community programs to help people improve lives. And more information for these programs can be found at rpgresearch.com donate. Be on the lookout for RPG Research as they are kicking off an awareness and fundraising tour September through October this year throughout the Western United States. Details for this tour can be found at rpgtour.com. Welcome to another episode of Ego Check with the DM. I'm your host, Michael Mallon, and today I am joined by Aaron Retka. And Aaron Retka is the managing editor of Geeks Who Drink. So I'm really excited that he's joining me here today. And disclaimer, I married his cousin. So uh, yes, welcome to the show, Aaron. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Before we started recording, we were getting some audio things tweaked out. So I think we're... We're up and running now, which is good. Let's see. We've known each other for 15 to 20 years, I guess, at this point. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So I was excited to kind of talk to you in this context because I've just always been interested in in the work that you do. And certainly I've enjoyed my fair share of of pub quizzes in the past Mm -hmm. and Geeks Who Drink seem to be one of the key players in that field. So I was just curious to chat with you about how those quizzes get made, what it's like working for them, how it's changed over the years. So, um, again, thank you for your time. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to be here. So how did you come about to work with them in the first place? So I knew John Dicker, uh, who was one of our our founders, um, through working for the Colorado Springs Independent, which is our our alt-weekly out here. Um, I was a freelancer. He was a staff writer. And when he moved to Denver uh, from Colorado Springs to uh, he was doing like movie, like film review freelance at the time and some just sort of kind of wacky alt-weekly and uh, started this company with a guy named Joel Peach um, at a couple venues in Denver and then knew that I had performance experience. I've, I've been in bands and I've acted and done silly like that asked me to be a quiz master here in Colorado Springs for uh, McCabe's, which was the, the first venue here. So my involvement was just as a quiz master initially and then moved into writing and, you know, freelanced for Geeks Who Drink for a number of years. And then in 2012 was brought on as an editor. At that time, Dicker had already hired our chief editor, Christopher Short. Um, who's a, a big player in the trivia world and a, another person I knew from Colorado Springs, um, who, you know, had a quite a long run on Jeopardy and, uh, was involved with wow, okay. 
a, a number of, of trivial related spheres. So uh, that, that is, yeah, that's my, my involvement is sort of grown and grown since then. And so managing editor, editor, what exactly does that entail? I'm going from freelance to being more involved and I imagine a little bit of everything. So what, what is like your day to day routine if such a thing exists? Well, our day to day routine editorially is we, we have a pitch meeting with four editors. We have, we have four, a, a chief editor, me and two associate editors, Eric Keel, Leah Poplinski. So we meet every uh, morning for a pitch meeting uh, with a few freelancers as well. We'll have uh, two freelancers and a fact checker on a call, and we'll pitch for the next day's quiz. And then we'll go off and you know actually create the rounds and then come back for a table read in the afternoon before we put the quiz for the next day to bed. And my job is I, I deal more with audiovisual rounds, although okay. you know I, I do do written rounds as well. And so I, I have a stable of freelancers who are more involved in content creation there. I, I will go off and make them myself as well, if need be. Um, but it's basically just, you know, funneling ideas into usable, relatable content. And, you know, that, that takes more work than, than one might presume. Yeah. And I guess as a, just someone who has casually either by accident, sometimes I've, my wife and I have been at, a bar and they have a, a quiz going on. It's like, oh, okay, we'll jump into this. Or there's been a few theme quizzes that we've done. Oh, let's do this on this given night. I, I haven't really thought too much about how these quizzes are put together. Mm -hmm. at, at the beginning, I just thought it was this one person and the bar gave them time and this brings people in the door. So it's kind of mutually beneficial, but it's interesting to hear that there's very much a, a thought out process for how these questions are, put together how rounds are constructed so that it's just it's a bigger world than i imagine yeah and you know a, a lot of time and energy goes into writing a good quiz question and a good quiz round i mean we want people to we want people to get the question right and we try to construct questions in such a way where they have two or three ways of getting it right so we we you know we build in hints we build in different alleyways for for success there. But at the same time, we're also trying to make the content entertaining. We are first and foremost an entertainment company. That's why bars hire us to come in, is to keep people, is to keep butts in seats over the course of two hours so that people buy drinks. Um, just, you know, from a, from a financial perspective, that's what we're there to do. And trivia can be too dry, it can be too shallow, it can be too pedantic, it can be, there are, are just a number of ways that it can go really, really wrong. And especially for our, our daily quiz, we, we work really hard to make everything entertaining and silly and lighthearted, and we deliberately steer away from topics that are going to bum people out a lot of the times. Sometimes we have to, but... Well, it kind of brings up... Because you've also been a, a quiz master, where you're the person who's administrating the quiz. I don't know if that's the right right phrase. Yeah, that works. And it seems like, <clears throat> just from the few times I've, I've been at a, a bar or a lot of breweries now do, do this sort of thing, mm -hmm. that it seems like a lot hinges on that individual, on how charismatic, on how interesting they are. And I've seen it go multiple ways, and it seems like it's not an easy job to be that person. 
So what works and what doesn't work in your experience? Uh, the short answer is it depends on the room. Okay. As, as a, I, I was a quiz master at one venue for about 10 years and I'm retired from quiz mastering now. Um, is it you hung up the mic or what? How do you phrase that? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I've unretired twice. <laughs> and at this point, with, with a family and with, you know, this being my day job, I just don't have the bandwidth to do it. Do you have like posters like farewell quiz? <laughs> I, I did a very high production value farewell quiz. Nice. That I'm pretty sure only I and a handful of people that are, you know, close to me cared about at all. But, right. uh, you know, there was, there was live piano playing and, uh, you know, live music and it was, it was very silly and sloppy. Wonderful. Wonderful. But uh, so a quiz master is successful when he or she can read the room and know what the room requires. My room, uh, just by the the inherent culture of the players, was tended to be more academic, faster paced, more difficult. Not in terms of you know the actual content I was reading, but just you know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't give people extra hints. I wouldn't slow things down, and it was a very competitive quiz and. I've, I've hosted at other venues where the culture is just like drunken ridiculousness, which is, okay. you know, e- equally as valid and, and arguably more fun. <laughs> but my players at, at my venue, they didn't want that. They wanted things to be quick paced and competitive. So a, a good quiz master will just fit into the culture of the players or build a culture of players that responds to that venue's need. And so what are different types of, to cut, to cut in, what are some of the different types of players for, for quizzes? Cause it almost seems like from a design perspective, are you trying to cater to one type of player over another or try to hit all the finer points? Like, how, does no, that, how does that interaction work? Well, from a content perspective, what we're trying to do as, as editors and as writers is to make something that is Catholic in the small C sense, broad variety of players. Um, from a quiz master perspective, what you're trying to do is tailor that content to the people in your room. And, you know, whether it's, we have, you know, a lot of people who play Geeks to Drink are regulars and who take it very seriously. They compete score wise against, you know, players in other cities. And there's sort of this running competition for who got the highest score for any given night of the week. And then you have casual players, you know, people who just saunter in and want to kill two hours. Or, you know, who come every, you know, once a month. They're like, ah, sh- we got the night free. We don't have kids, whatever. And, and we'll go play. And there's, you know, it, there's not just one type of player, not just one type of team. But from both content creators and quizmasters' perspective, we have to en- try to engage all of those people. That sounds like it's difficult. It to be is. all things to all people, yeah. Well, and we're not trying to do that. I mean, there are... Players who will email editorial or, you know, email our, our marketing division and just be furious that, you know, we're, we're not asking sports questions or that we're not a, – a frequent one is that we're not geeky enough. That's that we're not We're not asking math and science questions or, you know, the entire quiz isn't about video games or, you know, whatever. People want to answer questions about what's in their particular wheelhouse – and we we try to do that. We try to spread out the, uh, the the topics, but at the same time, like we're going to include pop culture because you know by by definition it's popular. 
So, I mean, there are players who just don't get what we're trying to do. And, and they're, they're lost to us sort of before the night begins. <laughs> and how has this changed over time? And I, I guess what I'm, what I'm thinking by that maybe as, as a preface is I think the first club quiz I ever, well, going back, I think it was actually during the Star Wars prequels, which is another conversation we could certainly have. <laughs> but we were at, one of those places that it had the computerized, uh, I don't even know the name of the trivia, but you get a little device and you look up at a screen and every few minutes they cycle through a question. And so we were group, big group of us were camping out in line for prequel tickets, which again, make your jokes, but we speak, they keep track of all the different scoring across the country and our place was the top. Mm-hmm. And because everybody were Star Wars nerds, we all knew the questions immediately, got the highest score. And it was fun. It was enjoyable. But that's like kind of the first type of pub quiz that I was a part of. And then a few years later, I was in uh, – my wife and I were in D.C. at an uh, Irish pub called Fado, which is awesome if you're out in that location. And I know there's one in Chicago and probably a few other places as well. And it was somebody running the quiz, and I don't remember if it was a Geeks Who Drink quiz – but I just remember people being in little groups around the bar and sort of super competitive. And the person administering the quiz was just like very entertaining and charismatic. And I was like, oh, this is, this is kind of a fun thing. And that was probably early 2000s. And now it seems like it's much more ubiquitous. It's kind of everywhere. And I wonder if, if you've noticed a change in, in popularity or acceptance and what, what's been your perspective from the other side of things? Oh, sure. I mean, pub quiz is more ubiquitous than it was 12 years ago when I, when I first came on with the company, without a doubt. Both Geeks Who Drink, I mean, we, we've grown from, you know, three quizzes in one state to 48 states, 46, something along those lines. Um, and, you know, we're doing 900 Geeks Who Drink quizzes a week. Wow. But there's also, you know, our competitors <laughs> and I've played a lot of their quizzes and they're all fucking garbage. And I, I mean, you know, there's a place for not that you're biased. No, I'm not. But our product is simply better because we thought about it a lot. And a, a lot of what you're dealing with, especially with like one man operation sort of things is, you know, the quiz master will write the questions 30 minutes before the quiz starts and go up and they're, you know, topics that are of interest to him. And he'll go up and be, you know, just terribly disappointed when no one gets the questions right. We played a pub quiz in Alaska when I was there with Geeks a couple weeks ago that we just sat and edited his quiz as, oh, as no. it got played. Because it was, you know, it was, it was just garbage. And it wasn't engaging. I mean, people don't want to get questions wrong unless there's a component to it when the answer is read where they're like, oh, of course. Oh, they, he gave me a way to get that right, and we didn't take it. And this guy was asking us, like, really deep-cut questions on, a, like, Alaska history. And nobody in the bar had any idea what the answers were. It just wasn't fun. And then, you know, you have the opposite end of that, which is, like, the 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 very, you know, the, the TV guide level <laughs> difficulty questions, which aren't fun either because they're too easy. So how do you find that middle ground? Like what is an example of a recent question or that's already appeared, so it's not spoilery, but yeah, let, of, me, let me look. I have a or even of like a recent quiz that like, how do you find that middle ground between something that's not just obviously easy to everybody 
versus just so niche that maybe one person in the room gets it. So this round ran last Tuesday. This is a round called Please Hammurabi, Don't Hurt Him. Okay. <laughs> it's a round on ancient Babylon and 90s rap. Of course. Yeah, because why wouldn't you do that? So already, I mean, you, you have them at the title because it's hilarious. So why don't I do one of each of those questions? So okay. your Hammurabi question goes problem solved, I guess. Under Hammurabi's code, surgeons who lost a patient had what body part cut off? Oh. And the answer is hands. Well, apparently was their solution to everything. It was just wow. hands. And your, your 90s rap question uh, goes salt, pepper, and then Vogue wanted a dude with a face like Denzel and a body like Schwarzenegger in what 1993 mega hit? That is... Is that what a man? That's what a man. So... It, in, which is a great tune to, it, it's, to this day. It's it's not my favorite in Vogue, but it, <laughs> it's it's probably my favorite Salt and Pepper. I'd say. So I mean, with a Hammurabi question, uh, there there there's several ways to get that right. I mean, and you're learning something. You're walking away with something more than what you came into the question with. Mm-hmm. So it's a way to again, because going back to something you said earlier as we were talking is that you guys are first and foremost an entertainment company yes. and wanting to keep people engaged. And if they learn something, then that's cool. But it's, it's a way of keeping people engaged rather than come into this bar. We're going to ask some questions. You either know what you don't, and then you leave. Exactly. It's, it's meant to be a little bit more interactive. Exactly. And you know, I, in my most recent unretirement, I had a friend who opened a bar and he wanted me to, to, post the the quiz that he did for for a month or so and as i was you know passing out materials before a quiz i went up to a couple who were you know just drinking on a date i think and said hey you guys interested in playing pub quiz and they were like eh we don't know and i dropped the materials and said you know okay well play or not here's the stuff it's free to play if you want and was walking away and the guy said oh it's geeks who drink we'll play like our, our brand is already recognized for being fun and being entertaining and, you know, not, not being fly by night and, and we think things through. And that's, I I think that's, I mean, you can always take issue with the way we present something or with, you know, that the round is too pedantic, not pedantic enough, whatever, but there's we're, we're recognized for writing good questions and for being entertaining. And you've mentioned pedantic a few times for for the people playing at home who, Maybe you've heard that word, but don't know exactly what it means. How would you describe pedantic? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, as as editors, we are all mighty, mighty pedants when it when it comes to, to content. And so, uh, pedantry is it's losing the forest for the trees. And uh, with a certain amount of depth into a question. And, you know, we, we will get uh, emails from people who have played who will rightfully point out that, you know, sometimes we get stuff wrong. And there are those players who have really valid points about things. And we're like, oh, that's either straight up wrong. You're right. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, we, we sort of missed the boat on the the spirit of what this question was about. or they're just nitpicking and nitpicking 
robs the fun from everything. I mean, it's trivia, so you have to nitpick to a certain amount. We we try very hard. We employ fact checkers, and we try very hard to get our questions right. But nitpicking for like joyless bragging rights is it, it runs contrary to the spirit of the game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it gets into something that I thought you know we maybe touch on is this. And, and I wonder how you see it, like these quizzes and the trivia has, has grown over time and just how I think people's relationship with fandom has maybe changed over time and not necessarily in a good way. Yeah. Um, and I think this maybe comes up more with theme quizzes that you do, which I don't, I don't think you exactly are, are, are doing those totally. Um, but like I've been to a, like a, one of the, I think one of the quizzes that Geeks Who Drink put on. Uh, it was a few years ago. It was the Star Wars quiz, and I was like, "Oh, that's right in my wheelhouse. I'd be curious to do that." And I was curious: Are they just going to focus on the movies, or you know, is it going to get into the expanded universe or the books, the comics, all this stuff? And it stuck pretty pretty well to the movies. And I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, and we <laughs> I think our team got third or something. Like, I was <laughs> I was not where some of these other people were with. I remember you angrily texting me throughout the entire quiz. <laughs> well, because there was, because I think you had said like, yeah, yeah, you don't need to study anything. Everything you need to know is in the movies. And that was not the case. Like there and was that, something. And that, that was my mistake. And I apologize for that. But yeah, which is no, no, not a big deal. I'm over it. Yeah. You know, clearly, clearly, clearly. Clearly. Yeah. No hard feelings at all. <laughs> As I'm sitting here, purple face screaming. <laughs> And everybody at the quiz, it was pretty cool. It was it was a good time. Nobody was, you know, the quote unquote like neckbeard raging out. But it's just the whole the whole idea of I know more about this thing than you do, so I'm a bigger fan. I think that level of gatekeeping people have been complaining about that. I think yes. when it comes to comics and even the superhero movies, now that the superhero movie, well, Marvel at least are like a big deal and it's kind of this big 10 all of a sudden. And there's a lot of folks who are like, wait, this is my thing. I know more about this than you. How can you be a fan of this as well? Um, I don't know if this interacts with some of the work you're doing with Geeks Who Drink, but like, do you come across that either as a quiz master back in the day or just someone who's writing these quizzes and working in this field? Yeah. I mean, you, you come across levels of, of toxic fandom in in the daily quiz and uh, you know i should say that leah is our theme quiz editor and she does a great job and she is far more diplomatic with people than than i would be um <laughs> like the rick the rick and morty quiz i would not touch with a 10-foot pole like she she is to be commended for handling that one but it just in the daily quiz you know we we will often get emails from people that are upset that we that we widen the tent for allowable answers. And it's a pretty common thing where people will write in and say, like, you know, why did you accept any Harry Potter movie for this? It was this specific movie. And, we, you know, we have rules about, you know, for a visual round, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, it, it has to have a very identifiable and obvious visual clue to what movie it is for us to ask for that specific movie. For instance, like if you see Kenneth Branagh in it, it's fair to, to only limit it to chamber of secrets. Mm -hmm. But if it's just, you know, Harry and Ron, it's not fair 
for us to ask for a specific movie there without other context. And people will write in and, and, and be like, no, that was Goblet of Fire. You should not have accepted other answers. And our answer to that is like, fuck off. Like, you're ruining other people's good time. It's not your job to hall monitor other teams. Mm-hmm. Our, our job is to make sure that everybody, or to, to try to ensure that everybody is having a good time. And, like, Harry Potter is not what I'd consider a toxic fandom. We see it with other stuff. But I would say, for the most part, and I've I've written theme quizzes and I have I have hosted them. People take it in in the spirit, for the most part, in which they're intended. People have fun. They you know shrug off that they don't win. You know because it's at the end of the day, it's us engaging them on a level where they already are. We are embracing something that they're already interested in. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's fun. I mean, people come in costume. People, you know, do bake silly pies and things for for theme quizzes. They're fun. And, and I believe and you've you've hosted quizzes in costume, correct? Yes, yes. Your wife saw me wearing my Dolores Umbridge costume for their <laughs> <Potter> quiz. <laughs> nice. I mean, for the most part, people people receive them in the spirit that they're written, which is which is great. I mean, there are outliers there, and there always will be. Well, and it seems like geeks who drink, given given the name of the organization, and also given that they're a, kind of a pub quiz organization, that it might be something that would almost encourage that level of gatekeeping. And it sounds like from the inside that that's the opposite of what they're trying to do. They're trying to cater to a wider audience and not. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, to a certain extent, that that's true. I mean, the theme quizzes are a different animal, simply because the the depth and the breadth to which we go on the content would not be acceptable for the daily quiz. You know, we aren't assuming in you know running like a Game of Thrones question that you have any working familiarity with the show. We're we're assuming that like on, on an episodic level, maybe mm-hmm. we're assuming that you're you know that the show exists. But for the Game of Thrones quiz, you know, we can ask about, you know, the the House of Bolton, and we can ask about, you know, really granular things that right. we don't, we just don't do on a daily quiz level. And I think you had, I don't know, but you had shared with us last time we saw you for a family wedding, just some of the West Wing questions. Uh-huh. And my wife and I are like huge West Wing fans. You know, I've seen it probably one and a half times. She's seen it multiple times. And I think we got one or two out of each round because it was just deep dives into the West Wing. And when you give an answer, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, I can see that. But there were a lot of questions where it was like, no idea. Well, and theme quizzes, we can go to those depths. And if you win a theme quiz, like, you should be really proud of that. Like, you're showing a mastery of of the information that that no one else has. And theme quizzes are, are, are difficult. Yeah, like, and it, it also feeds into this whole, the whole, like, people binge watch shows now. Uh-huh. And where before, you know, when the West Wing was on air, you couldn't watch a whole season right, in right. eight hours. And now you can just blast through it. Right. And, like, when we started theme quizzes, we we... Harry Potter, I believe, was the first ever theme quiz. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and at that time, this was, would, would have been in 2010, maybe 2009. Um, like availability for binge watching was just becoming broadly available. I mean, you had Netflix was, you know, still at the time, you know, you get DVDs in the mail. Mm-hmm. So it was possible theoretically to binge watch all of Buffy and Angel, but you had to do it over a course of, you know, several weeks as opposed to, you know, over a course of several days. Um, so binge watching has made really deep dives into the content possible. And the theme quizzes have gotten more difficult as a result of that. Like my, my wife did our most recent Buffy quiz and she's not allowed to win by the way. Um, <laughs> separation uh, of, yeah, sure. Yes, yeah, that's exactly. We're all about ethics. And she and her teammates divided up the series. So, you know, my wife took seasons three and four and watched every episode very, very intently. And just in order to make sure that they would, you know, not embarrass me. <laughs> <laughs> Did they embarrass you or how they? No, they, they, I think they placed. I think they took third. Okay. But which for theme quizzes doesn't come with, with, I, I don't think they took any money. That would have been unethical. But that's, I mean, you had mentioned that when you were talking to us earlier in the summer that people, teams will get together and have devise a strategy and prepare ahead of time. Like, okay, you take season one, you take season mm-hmm. two, or you take this character, I'll take this character. Yeah. And so if you're just rolling into a place on a theme night, it's like, oh, hey, I like Buffy. Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll play along. Like, you're not going to... No, it you're going like to get other your teams ass will get your your doors blown off. Yeah, you will absolutely get your ass kicked. If you're going into a, a a subject with a very vociferous fan base and you're a casual fan playing a theme quiz, you're probably not going to do well. Uh, which, you know, shouldn't discourage you from playing because the, the quizzes are still fun. Hopefully, you know, you can dress up and be silly and and have fun playing it. But people will, I mean, they 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 take these very seriously. And even with the daily quiz, you will have people who have their individual wheelhouses. Like you, you will have the sports guy and the music person and the history girl and whatever. And people will organize teams around each player's strength, you know, and in, in, in especially competitive markets. That's, that's not uncommon. So the daily quiz, which sounds like that's your jam, so to speak, what how many places host that every day? Each day, I would have to look that up. Um, each week, we are over 900. Okay. And then we have a sister company called Trivia Factory, which is a little, it's like kind of geeks you drink light. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's more the ask a question, play a song thing. And it's just, it's for more casual venues that don't, one maybe geeks you drink wouldn't work. And it, 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 it seems to be in the South. They don't like our Geeks You Drink brand of trivia as much. So Trivia Factory tends to work better there. Okay. For whatever reason. Right. So what's kind of the goal of the daily quiz? Well, I mean, first and foremost, it's to to entertain people and to keep them in a bar. The second is to, you know, give them something to, to walk away with. We, with, uh, we had an editorial reorg recently doing these morning pitch meetings and afternoon table reads. So we're able to get more timely content into the mm-hmm. quiz. 
which is fun because we can be more flexible, more responsive. We can make fun of what's going on in the news if it's not horrifying, which more often than not, it's horrifying. Yeah, your job is getting more difficult by the day. <laughs> right, right. So I, I, for people who aren't familiar with, with what we do, um, Geeks to Drink is eight rounds of eight questions apiece. Rounds one, four, three, and six, and eight are are written questions. They're all just, you know, questions that are asked. Rounds two, five, and seven are, are they visual rounds? It depends on what venue you're going to, but round two is almost always a music round. Round five is almost always a, a visual round. Round seven is either a video or an audio round, depending on the venue. But some venues will run video, some won't. So that has been the formula since day one. Mm-hmm. And I will play other people's quizzes, other companies' quizzes, and be so mad that they don't have the same format. Because our format works so well. Like five questions in a round, too few. Ten, too many. Mm-hmm. If they don't have a music round, I consider that boring. If they don't have a visual round, that's boring. If the visual round is like un- uninteresting or you know painful to look at, that's boring. So, what's a good visual round that you that you've done recently or in the past that that you think is a good example of? Here's how to do a visual round. So, visual rounds are the first thing that players pick up. They will pick that up at the same time they get their answer packets. So we try to make them engaging, and it's also the best time to bring in timely content. So if there's you know something in the news that we can leapfrog off of, that that would be the place to do it. Some of my favorite ones have been just really silly, just terribly silly, like photoshopping, like like years and years and years ago. I did one that was just Matthew McConaughey next to different types of tree leaves, and it was just like. Hey, McConaughey, those aren't for smoking. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just so ridiculous, so silly. Uh, A round that we have coming up, um, I think it's on Monday, so I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody, uh, which is uh, an audio round seven, is, you know, we're we're date pegging this. So it's, it's the date that the Dutch first landed on Mauritius. And and we, so obviously, we stuck bad recordings of a dodo into movies set on other islands. And it's just, it's joyful and ridiculous and so very, very silly. And, and so what, what, what's the question? Like, what do you have to get right? You have to identify the movie. So it's like okay. a dodo in Jurassic Park or a dodo, you know, <laughs> on, uh, in, in The Rock. It's just so stupid. And I love it. I love it so very much. Fantastic. So yeah, I think in the the uh, Star Wars quiz, I think the audio round was it was little sound bites of different aliens and creatures, uh-huh. and you had to identify what the what the creature was. Which that I, <clears throat> I think I did really well on that again because it's like the movie, and I've seen the movie a lot and know the noises. So yeah, but it, it's fun. It's a different thing than just listening to somebody talk. Yeah, ask a question. It changes it up a bit. Yeah, exactly. And that's it's what it's meant to do is, you know, it'll bring more pop culture into it generally. I mean, we will run round sevens that are not pop culture. Like, you know, we run history ones, geography, you know, politics, things like that. But more often than not, it's pop culture. And that gives us leeway to kind of steer away from that for some of the the, the other rounds. 
Because you know, like, you, you're good, probably going to get pop culture, pop culture with round seven. So, But, I mean, they also should be entertaining to listen to or have a, a fun hook or, you know, a silly theme. or You know, my, my favorites are ones that we, we produce ourselves. Like, we have a, a writer who now is uh, with marketing named Ian who did a series of rounds uh, as a Swedish chef. Nice. And re-sing songs as a Swedish chef. Our chief editor, Christopher, and I love doing rounds that we rewrite songs to be about pooping, which I think they are mainly entertaining for us. Wow. (laughs) So what is one of those songs? Oh, uh, okay. So uh, we did Bad Blood as Now You Got Butt Mud. Oh, my God. I mean... there's clearly a very high level of discourse. That we're yes. Above that we're keeping things classy. It's through and through. <laughs> but we figure, you know, if stuff makes us us laugh, it's probably going to make other people laugh. And, you know, that's that's that more or less is, I don't know, our mission statement. <laughs> well, it seems like because, you know, I've done this a couple of times where I've like for work retreats or we had a St. Patrick's Day party here once and. Part of it is like, oh, I'll do like a kind of a pub quiz thing where I'll ask, organize people on the teams and ask questions, and it'll be kind of a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. It, you can go down Google Google rabbit holes for like trivia and different kinds of mm-hmm. facts, and then try to tie that into something else that is more obvious. But I wonder, like, do, how, do you hit a block ever just trying to come up with different themes or questions or you guys just all creative brainstorming, bouncing things off of each other? Well, we, we have we have a stable of really talented freelancers who will pitch things to us. And, you know, our job as editors is to take a look at that and be like, is this anything? And sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes we can tweak it into anything. But for writing questions, you basically have 25 words to distill the essence of what it's about and build other avenues for getting the question right into it. And I mean, for that, I got to give credit to Christopher who has a a great mind for that. And, and to Eric, our associate editor, who also is just great at both figuring out what the question is about building other avenues for getting it right. And then putting a joke in there. I mean, that's very hard to do in 25 words. And that's something where I think we as a company really, really excel. And so is that, you have mentioned that before, but is that a specific rule or limit that the questions can't be more than 25 words? No, it's just a guideline. I mean, if, okay. if you're writing a complicated question that, you know, is clocking in at 50 words, you should probably take a look at that and be like, what can I get rid of? And if I can't get rid of anything, then it's probably a question we shouldn't ask. It's just too, too mm-hmm. damn complicated for what we're trying to get across. Right. Interesting. I did. Yeah, because I think if you... If you're just kind of reading a book about a certain question, then what's you kind of lose people, I right? Imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I have gone down my own rabbit holes with you know things that I'm interested in at the time. You know, like I went down this British royalty sort of book reading rabbit hole for a while, and was putting a lot of those questions in the quiz, and a lot of them just didn't fit because it's too damn complicated. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have you know, Edward, who's the son of Henry, who is the son of Edward, who are, you know, plantagenets, like, that's, it's just simply too much information to get across with, you know, a microphone and a loud bar. 
Well, and you mentioned this in terms of competitors or people who are just maybe doing, running an operation on their own. And I think I even found this when I was coming up with was possible like questions. You write what you know, mm-hmm. and then you kind of, at least for me, I, you sort of write to entertain yourself. Yeah. And you lose track of, okay, well, I know this and I find this funny, but how many other people are going to have a similar sensibility? And you're kind of writing for a, a, more of a general audience than yourself. And that's, I guess, got to be some trial and error and figuring out what works and what doesn't. Sure. And uh, another guiding light for us is if the answer to the question could validly be who cares, <laughs> then, then it's not a question worth asking. Right. Like it, there should be something of interest conveyed in each and every question that we ask. And, you know, for a lot of, you know, either amateur writers or, you know, newer writers who are coming on board with us or, you know, competition quiz masters or whatever, that's just not, it's not a guideline that they tend to follow. So running the quiz, funny story, there's a couple holidays ago, I was out in New Jersey visiting my family and some friends and I were at a bar doing a quiz and I don't, I don't think it was Geeks Who Drink. I think it was just this guy who was, who was running this operation. And um, there was clearly a team that was cheating. Like uh-huh. They were just definitely on their phone, you know, Googling stuff, whatever. And my friend, who's rather boisterous, like called them out, started yelling to like have them thrown out. And the quiz master actually came over and took their sheet of paper and the whole bar got on their case and the guy's like, Oh, I was checking my phone because my wife's in the hospital with my kid and <laughs> they're screaming, Oh, great husband. Yeah. Wonderful. You're here at a bar and not with your wife. So <laughs> a whole big thing. They walk out. There was, it didn't go any further than that. It was funny, but I imagine that's an issue for yeah. a person running the quiz. And especially for these things that are competitive, people are looking for an edge and people cheat. So how, how do you try to handle that? Well, anyone who is going to stick around as as a regular player for our quiz knows that we don't we don't brook that shit, and the room won't brook that shit. Like other players will call you out. Well, that's what happened in our yeah that situation. Like the whole bar just tore these guys apart. <laughs> right, and it, it's the stakes are so low, but it's it's primarily you know you're getting a twenty five dollar gift certificate and bragging rights essentially, but it just it ruins the spirit of the game. And the room responds to that in a, in a really negative way. And people get driven out, like, you know, catching people using sound hounds on audio rounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a quizmaster, I've had to intervene. I've had to be like, I saw you guys doing this. Knock it off. You got zero points for that round. And more often than not, the team's going to leave and they're not going to come back. They're not going to come to another geeks thing. And that's okay with us. Like, if you're... If your impulse for for a pub quiz is to cheat to win $25, like, we don't really want you. And thankfully, I don't think it's epidemic. Um, certainly, we haven't had issues with that at, at Geek Bowl where there are actual, you know, monetary stakes. Right. But that's one of the things that quiz masters, when in their training, are, are trained to respond to. And, you know, I, I've known quiz masters who have as part of their, their kids, they'll have a dunce hat and will make people sit on stage with a dunce hat. <laughs> and, you know, some of those... Public, public shaming can yeah, go exactly. a long way. It really can. Peer pressure, you know, I've, I've had teams be booed. I've, 
I've had players, you know, yell at people. I've had to yell at people. It's it's unpleasant, but just don't fucking cheat. It's not that hard. What, what do you think makes people do that? I don't know. They're trying to impress a date that they're with, maybe, or they're trying to get an edge on the nerds. You know, because you walk into a room with a bunch of regulars, like, you know, as as a new team, you know, of course you're going to want to win. Mm-hmm. But uh, thankfully, I, I just... I think it happens, but I don't think it's an epidemic. I think people generally respond to the game in the way it's meant to be responded to. Right. I also just think it's so easy. It's just the, it's just there, which is not to go too too far sideways, but as a psychologist, I work with a lot of you know, patients, and one of the issues is about you know anxiety or not being able to do one thing at a time and you have this device in your pocket that at any given second you could be doing anything with. You right. Look up any piece of information. You could be playing a game. You could be talking to anybody, anybody in the world. And you have this thing that, especially if there's a trivia question, it's like, I know this answer, but I can't think of it. And I have this magical key in my pocket that would give me the answer to this, would unlock anything I need to unlock. It's a temptation. Yeah. I would and think. I- and I've played quiz and, you know, written down my answer, which I know is wrong, and I'll have the temptation to look up the answer immediately, not to change it on my piece of paper, just to know. Mm-hmm. Just to know. If right. I, and I, I think that is a temptation. But, you know, why people cheat, I, I think, I don't know, you might as well ask, why are there shitty people in the world? Right. <laughs> like, well, my wife and I have done experiments where, it's like, you know what? We're going to live in uncertainty this week. We're, when, this, when the topic comes up, we're not going to Google it. We're just going to be like, oh, I don't know. Oh, and, that sounds like torture, man. And, <laughs> and go on about our night and just be okay with not knowing the answer. And like you said, I think a lot of people, that's like nails on chalkboard. Like, well, why would you do that? <laughs> right. Because, you know, you see that guy on the show and you know you've seen him somewhere else before. Like, I, I need to know. IMDb has to tell me what I saw him in before, you know? Right. Yeah, like, I, this happened to me when I saw Black Panther, the one woman in the show. I think in the movie is, is it a quail? I don't know her name. Uh, but she's the one with the staff. And I was like, I know she's like vaguely familiar. And I never really looked it up. But I was just like, huh, she looks familiar. And then months later, I got caught up on The Walking Dead. And I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it was this mind blowing moment where it's like, one, I really should have put this together. But two, I didn't just search it. It just was one of those things that it dawned on me suddenly. Well, not suddenly, months later. Which is uh, satisfying. I mean, it's satisfying yes. in its own right to puzzle it out. You know? It was like a different sense of like, oh, what? and it was different than if I would have just went on IMDb and it's like, what else has she been in? She looks familiar. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I think we lose that by just having this device that's always it always has the answers for us. I think you're absolutely right. And at the same time, I want to know where I saw Shuri before. And the answer, <laughs> when I got to my car after seeing Black Panther, it was, oh, she was in an episode of Black Mirror. That's what it was, you know? And I think that's just the feeling of, kind of coming back to the what you were saying in the beginning, just the entertaining part of the quiz. It's fun to know stuff. It's fun to be asked something. Like, oh, I have the answer. Exactly. Like, we... And, I, you know, I've said this several times, but we want people to get things right. And because they want to get them right, because it feels good as a human being to get things right. It's validating. <laughs> exactly. 
So where can people find if if they haven't participated in the Geeks Who Drink uh, quiz, which shame on you, but how can they find where they can do that in their hometown? That would be geekswhodrink.com. There's a handy-dandy thing where you can plug in your zip code, and it will tell you quizzes near you. And we are, I mean, we are just almost everywhere at this point. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like compared to when you first started as a freelancer that it's just exploded. It really has. And, you know, I I honestly, I think it's because our our product is good. As a a person who's been with the company since, you know, almost the beginning, our – the way we go about writing the quiz is so much better than it was. And we improve upon that every year. We, we find new entertaining things and we, we get better at distilling questions to what they're actually about and we get funnier and we work together better. And I just uh, like over the past few years, I've been really proud of our staff and of our freelancers for the stuff they, that they're able to come up with because it's, it's really entertaining. You know, as a guy who's read, you know, thousands upon thousands of questions and written thousands upon thousands of questions, like, I still laugh through our entire pitch meeting, which is the way it should be. Sure. And so, and going forward, what's what's the goal besides world domination? Like, what? I, I guess world domination. I don't what, know. What is what is next for the the company from from your perspective? Well, what, we, what needs to get better? I guess from your point. Oh, that's yeah. a good way to. That is a very good way to put it. I think that we we've made great strides in diversifying our writers. I think we need to hire more women, more people of color, and to include their voices in the quiz because. Sadly, what you see in writers' rooms across the country with any type of media is it's white men. And, you know, that needs to change. Yeah, so the representation piece sounds like something that you'd like to see different. Yeah, very much so. And I think uh, we continue to make the daily quiz better, uh, just tighter, less, less fat to be cut. And then, you know, Geek Bowl is our big yearly annual thing. And that gets better every year. Like, we get better at writing it. We get better at, you know, tightening up the show, doing more entertaining things in less amount of time. The first Geek Bowl was in 2008, 2008. That show was six hours long, and it was just silly. It was stupid (laughs) in not a good way. That's That's a commitment. It, it was it was a fucking shit show, is what it was. It was so bad, and we get better at writing Geek Bowl every year. We get better acts, and it just it gets funnier, it gets tighter, and the questions get better. And you know the the sort of people that we attract to Geek Bowl now are professional trivia players, people mm-hmm. who live and breathe trivia. We have you know Jeopardy people on there. We have I don't know. Are you familiar with Learned League? I am not. Learned League is an online sort of who's who of, of trivia. Like, we hire a lot of writers through Learned League. Okay. Um, and we have a, a bunch of players who, you know, don't write for us because they can't ethically do that, who show up to Geek Bowl as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's becoming more of a, a clearinghouse for, for real trivia people. And there's, you know, there is a niche of, of people who, are able to, if not make a living, then, you know, supplement their incomes through trivia. Wow. It's an amazing world, what you can supplement your income with these days. 
Right. I mean, I'm always amazed that there are professional cosplayers. That, that to me is like, oh my god, that sounds like so much fun. Well, or even that you are, I mean, your job is coming up with quizzes. Yeah, that's, I, I, yes, that's a good way to put it. This is a job that, for whatever reason, is very much sort of the only thing that I'm equipped to do. (laughs) (laughs) And I've done a lot of other things. And like, it's It's all led to this. It's all led to this. Right. With this Dodo round, for instance, like, you know, we have a, we have a, an app called Slack that we, you know, uh, communicate with editorially. And I listened to it again before it uh, got greenlit. And I was like, I, just occasionally I need to remind myself that we get paid actual money to do this. Like, this is so silly. That's hilarious. I should, if you can, I should include it as part of, like, as we're ending the show here, just play, like, a little snippet of whatever the dodo around is. Yes, and I should note, it is Christopher Short, um, who is, I believe, a six-time Jeopardy's champion. He might correct me on that. Um, <laughs> who is who is providing the dodo voice in this. But, yes, I'll, I will send it to you. That's that's amazing. Demio Daenerys and Dona Ferentis. Dodo! Oh, an educated man. Dodo! That rules out the possibility of you being a field agent. Dodo! Really? So if folks are curious or wanted to ask you questions, are, do you have a like online presence or just go the, through Geeks Who Drink? Yeah, if people want to contact me directly, they can contact me at Aaron at GeeksWhoDrink.com or if they have questions just generally about editorial or anything related to that, it's just editorial at Geeks Who Drink. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you uh, chatting with me about the whole process, about the quizzes. I feel like I've learned stuff, uh, which is wonderful. And now I want to find a babysitter so we can go do a, do a quiz sometime in the near future. Um, we have less disposable time now. Yes, yes, I find that to be true as well. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time. And people listening, uh, go find uh, com and find the nearest quiz near you and with all the microbrews popping up these days uh it shouldn't be too far away no we're we're just breweries love us yeah i mean it's just it's just a good way to spend an evening it's just uh a enjoyable time and uh it's it's been interesting for me to learn how deep that process goes because it seems like and maybe just with some of the other quizzes they're kind of slapped together but certainly with your product that there's very much a production line. Of yeah, very putting much this so. together. We we think about every single every single word that goes into the quiz is something that we actually think about. And I mean, we have had 45 minute arguments about a single word. <laughs> Cuz it's important. It's important to the way the, the the question is received and the way it's answered. Right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, good luck, and uh, hopefully we'll be seeing each other soon. I don't know when that will be, but we'll either hopefully come out to Colorado if you're back in the Minnesota area. Definitely want to hang out. Yeah, absolutely. We can get in a fight over Harry Potter again. Yeah, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll have to record again just to devote about 45 <laughs> minutes to Snape. and try the books to are about Snape. They're about Snape. Just to recreate the conversation we had in Chicago about 10 years ago, <laughs> which was really enjoyable so yes sir thank you very much have a wonderful day you too